Cosmetic family. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Cosmetic Podcast. Cosmetic means being a person or thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. We're tackling topics and telling the truth. I'm Roderick Ross. I'm Keith Benson. So today we are talking about collateral damage, Ooh. right? And not like a movie, so no one has to go on Hulu or Netflix or anything. And not really from the military perspective, because we, you know... The military kind of coined this term of collateral damage when they were really trying to explain that we know that there are going to be some unintended consequences from an act that we have to take. So the collateral damage, we didn't intend for it to happen, but it happened. But in this particular case, right, we're talking about collateral damage when it pertains to leadership. And how does a leader know when the fallout is too great? Well, that that's that that's a little tough, right? I is, mean, I like, think so. is, is there a formula? Uh, Carry the one, right? You know, <laughs> because know. The, the leader who is out there making these decisions, it has these blind spots, well, and doesn't know, like, you know, he's gonna be slinging out some, well, you know, some decisions, yeah. and not not even thinking about what's gonna be on the other side of that. But what if what if the leader has more of a propensity for adversity or um, for the abstract than the people they are leading? And they may not think it's a bad thing, whereas the folks that they're leading are like really suffering, like their collateral damage in a decision that's being made. But some of that then comes from a place where that leader's probably not close enough to uh, to their team. Well, what if it's to... okay? So let's talk pandemic. Okay. Like there were really some tough decisions that had to be made by leaders who were really close to their teams, but they recognize like there's gonna be some fallout. There's gonna be some collateral damage from this decision. That I have to make. But the key word you said it was a pandemic. Like, oh yeah. I mean, the pandemic was a pandemic, but still, still in it all, there's still a way that you could uh, save face with your team overall. Mm. You know what we went through in, in Dallas. I know that when you know, you know, Kirk Hazelbaker sitting around the table with with Brandy, yeah, uh, and other leaders. You know, making these tough decisions and going through. You know, who's this person? Who? What position is this? Mm-hmm. And how does that? you know, help move us forward and even in this own unknown space that we don't even know how it's going to come out on the other side. Yeah, I mean, but I can't imagine that the person who was affected by that didn't feel like collateral damage, right? Like, what if you have to eliminate a role? Like, roles are usually attached to people. Mm-hmm. And even though in your conscious mind, right, in, in your, in your you know, your logical mind, you're like, okay, well, I understand why a decision had to be made, but you still can't help but feeling like, dang, I was expendable. Right. Yeah, collateral damage. And, and how does a leader know when enough is enough when you're when you're making decisions? That, but but some of that is that you gotta I mean, when you're making those decisions, a good leader is going to think through that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know we got a tough decision. Just use an example of somebody may lose their job on the other side of this decision right here. Mm -hmm. But it's like how one it's like how close are you beforehand? Yeah. Like because that 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 truly matters. Uh, And then when you're going through making that tough decision is how do you deliver that? Mm -hmm. Some of that is you can be able to save face by by how you deliver that. Mm -hmm. And it's still a shock at the end of the day. It's a person who uh, has a family, uh, or even, even if they're single, like they still have responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And you care about that individual. I mean, the job is a job, and you know, decision is a decision on one part. But there's a human being that has responsibilities, yeah. and for the most part, it's probably somebody 
that has responsibility for a family. So you think the delivery method kind of minimizes the collateral damage? Uh, I don't think it minimizes because we're talking about in this example, we're uh-huh. talking about somebody losing a job. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's livelihood. Yeah, so you yeah. can put a nice severance package there, you know, that... But it's still that severance package has an end date to it. Well, that's true. Right. And so, I mean, but you you still have to find some way to soften that blow just a, just a little bit for, for that individual. And what the hopes is that you can support that individual, especially if it is a kind of a bottom line decision and you need to make this tough, tough decision. Like, yeah. how can you really support that person after the fact? And so severance, you know, severance package is one thing. There's also the opportunity to give that person a good reference. There's also... So even, you know, maybe even tend them up with some other resources, you know, to help them build their resume, put their resume back together. But yeah. offering some other resources to this individual to help with their with their next step step in life. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example of um, when I had to navigate collateral damage. Right. And I hope that I was successful in navigating it. And so. During the pandemic, when we had to start thinking about shifting and it really became obvious, at least for the area that I was giving leadership to, the branch um, in the area that I was providing leadership to at the time, that we really needed to shift and get into this essentials um, kind of space, right? These distributions and giving people the bare essentials what they needed to kind of make it through this pandemic. Well, one of the things with that is that all of a sudden you get these 18 wheelers and pallet jacks and all of these forklift trucks and you're coming through doorways that you weren't trying to take pallets through before and there's there's stuff scraping across your gym floor when you didn't have you know I mm-hmm. literally turned my gym into a warehouse right. and, you know and so at the time I was singularly focused on getting all of these goods and all of these necessary items to the people in the community but then the operator in me kicked in like holy crap you are tearing this building up right <laughs> and so at the end collateral of the day damage. collateral damage <laughs> at the end of the day not knowing at the time that we were doing it thinking this would be a short term kind of operation you know when things went back what I have caused the thousands of dollars worth of damage with scuffed up floors and missing tiles and scraped up doorways and and chipped off this and broken that just trying to create this this stopgap thing and what was the threshold for me to say ah it's not worth it now clearly I there wasn't oh my threshold was really high because we we did the distributions and they're still going on to this day but there was absolutely a considerable amount of fix up and clean up and kind of make ready that had to happen to that facility when it became forward facing again and so as a leader yeah. How do you determine what's what's an appropriate amount of collateral damage in any particular? Decision? I don't think you can determine how much appropriate collateral damage because I mean you're really not trying to cause the damage, but tough decision gets to. The but damage. it's inevitable, right? Like right. there's, right. I, I can't think of, and and maybe someone out there can hit us um, on our line and tell us when there is a decision that seemingly has no collateral damage. But I can't. Every decision has some portion of collateral damage. Now some of it is just so minuscule that it doesn't even pop up on your radar and you're like whatever it's, it's just not big enough for me to not do whatever it is that I'm thinking of doing but there are some where it's really tipping the scales and you're like Ugh, should I even do that if it's going to produce these this much negative results I mean but, but first you got to set yourself up as a good leader okay right? there's absolutely some, there's some there's some things that you got to do to have some good leadership behavior so you know so, 
some some examples could be like you know making sure that your team when you guys are doing a project making sure that you're giving your your team credit for the work that they're doing absolutely and you as a supervisor you're not take taking it all in yeah because if you are taking it all in people are gonna call that out mm-hmm. and then when you do have to come to that tough decision you know it's gonna look a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, in the way that person may feel about you but if you are empowering that person uh, trusting that person along the way giving them credit again when that tough decision comes that looks a little bit different in that conversation yeah there's a whole lot more feeling that's in there there's a whole lot more advocating maybe for that uh, employee if that leader um is doing all the right all the right things yeah 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 because, so, because also you don't want to lead people to a place that they they quit well work them to death huh right exactly <laughs> That's true right that is so true but the thing is even with supervisors who have great leadership skills in those times right when you're you're really pressed to make these decisions. Are those skills making you better at assessing collateral damage and thereby making decisions that, I mean, this is really a, a chicken and an egg kind of kind of question for me. It's existential. Get it, egg-sistential? <laughs> you saw what I did there? <laughs> Cosmetic family. Help me, please. Help me, please. Help me, please. That's so cute. <laughs> But the leader, though, if we're if we're drawing, a, if we're, we got great leaders going on in our yes, organization. Yes, absolutely. Uh, when you get to those difficult situations, you know, there there's going to be some, you know, way that that leader is going to be able to deliver a message mm-hmm. in such a way that the employee is going to receive that. Right. Now. Even if they don't necessarily agree. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. because the decision has to be made. And so supervisors, you know, one, you got to be out there advocating for your, your team. Yeah. You know, and again, when we're talking about building, you know, great leadership qualities, you got to be either advocating for them, um, also making sure that they have proper direction and guidance mm-hmm. in the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And so again, when tough decisions come, like you got to wrestle with this. When tough decisions come, it shouldn't be easy. Right, right. Well, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Do you get the sense that it is easy for some people? Uh, some people mean, uh, you know, if you're not if you're not in tune with your your staff team, and if I, it felt too easy, yeah, that should make you nervous. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would tell true. you when I've had to come with those difficult situations, man. The night before. I cannot sleep. Mm. I mean, it, it, man, it, my stomach is turning all yeah. over because I understand that first and foremost, his is human being yes. that is, uh, has responsibility. And especially, if, you know, if they have, you know, family, you know, and, and if they're the sole, you know, uh, income that's coming into the house also, yeah. like, you know, you got to really, really recognize that. I mean, to me, I try to lead with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And so treat people with this place that you are a person, this, this job, whatever your title may may be, that is not who you are. Right. And so I gotta I gotta un- I gotta understand that you know as a leader. And so as that leader, you know you gotta be in this space that you know you're not micromanaging the person. Mm-hmm. You, you know make sure you give them freedom mm-hmm. to, uh, to be able to do their work. You know. And for me, one of the things I do with my staff team when I get a new staff member, I use um, the book uh, Strength Finders. Okay. Because I want to focus in on hey, here's your top five. You know that's where I can zero in on in order to make our organization better that's what we're going to spend our energy at mm-hmm. we're not going to spend our energy and time on all the weaknesses because regardless what you do there's not enough work that you can do with the weaknesses to be able to bring them up to a level mm-hmm. that equals what your strengths are yeah so, so just focus on the positive focus strengths. in on the positive do you share where your strengths are 
Do I share? Oh yeah. You yeah. tell them what your Yeah, are? so what I will do, um probably probably about once a year, what I'll do is uh we will lay it out and um, you know, here's you know, the X amount of teammates, here's what everybody's screens are. So mm. that you can see that. So that as we're talking about, you know, working together on projects, I can see that like, okay, this person is the war, you know, the one who can smooth a little bit. Oh, know? that's I, I think that's me. You think no, you, you, you uh, look. We, we're gonna focus okay, you on, got some other. Okay, then. I think that's me though. It sounds familiar. I don't know. But we want to put people in their in their right places again, so that when when the difficult decisions come, like it's gonna be a little, it's gonna be a little yeah. difficult to be able to make. I I don't want it to be easy, right? Yeah, right. Because yeah. we want to put. Uh, put people down. So there's a survey out by uh, Harvard Business Review, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. says uh, employees who felt that their leaders were like disrespectful to them, uh-huh. they admitted some of these uh, different behaviors. So yep. 48% of them intentionally decreased their work effort. Get out. And so when you're talking about folks decreasing their work Half effort, of the because, people just said, I ain't doing it. Yeah, just because you're, dis- just cause you're disrespectful for me. I'm not doing it. 47% said they intentionally decrease the time spent at work. So Half of you people just didn't come to work. So, you know, when you get a good staff person, you mm-hmm. you don't got to worry about, you know, hmm, let's see, are they coming in at 9 o'clock? And every Friday mm, they, they coming, take off. They, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you start you start to see, you know, it, are you that type of supervisor that you're watching those patterns right there? Mm. But I can guarantee you this, that's like what this uh, Harvard, review, uh, Harvard Business Review said, that folks going to start decreasing their work if you don't, if you don't yeah, respect well, them. Yeah, well, and you know what? I would like to, to say that and it's not right but I completely understand like, why you I don't go, feel appreciated but yeah, yeah. Why, why more, 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 I mean I, I do the job because I like the job now if I got a great supervisor hey yeah. that give me a little bit more little, um, little, you know little to little be able to move but extra. you know if you disrespect me yeah, mm. you know wow. now I'm still gonna work but I don't, you know. Yes, you are I, you know, definitely gonna you know, still. Yeah, that's know. a whole nother podcast about people who never, ever not work. That's the next podcast. Look, I, I, I. Exactly. I work. Look. Yeah, I know. Sixty-three <laughs> percent of them lost work time trying to avoid the. Offense. Wait a minute. Okay, wait. Sixty-three percent. Talk so to me. You, you were not productive because you spent your whole time trying to figure out when this, when you were gonna cross paths with that person and make sure that that didn't happen. I mean, when you get to a point where you can't face your supervisor, like that is. You know, I've had that. I've had that, and I, I don't. I, I think it was probably because at the time I was just so incensed by the fact that we were just not on the same page with what success looks like Mm -hmm. that I was like, I can't see this person because I don't trust myself not to just call a thing a thing and say something that could be a CLM. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to say what CLM is. Oh, career limiting move. So don't let your mouth... Get ahead of your brain. That's what my grandma said. Don't let your mouth get ahead of your brain. Well, here's a yes, kicker. Grandma. Here's a kicker, though, from that, from that, uh, from that. Twenty five percent admitted to taking their frustrations out on customers. Now, oh wow, think about the power that. So twenty five percent of the people did that. Wow. 
but a hundred percent of those customers that they affected mm-hmm. right there. Wow. So now that hits to the bottom line. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, All yeah, yeah. about some collateral wow. damage, right? Because wow. you as a supervisor, it you set yourself up disrespecting yep. your staff yep. um, in such a way that they're not responding in a positive way. To yeah, the and they took they took it out on their customers. You didn't get quality of work. You didn't get the production collateral damage. And so even if you are a good supervisor who makes sure that you advocate for your staff and that you give them credit and that you provide direction and you're respectful and you, you focus more on strengths and weaknesses, there are still some things that can happen organizationally, right? Even when you are making an attempt to be the best version of yourself as a leader, there are still some things that can happen organizationally as um, collateral damage. So collateral damage to when a leader has to make a decision or when there's a a lot of fallout is damage to your culture. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. I can't imagine any good leader is going to do something intentionally to damage culture if it is a good culture, right? Now, if it's a bad culture, I can see if they did something to tear it up because it needed to be reconstructed. But if you have a, a fairly decent corporate or organizational culture, it can absolutely be um, a victim of collateral damage. And so I will say that talking with colleagues from around the movement and even folks in in other different kinds of workspaces and whatever, even if they said they had a somewhat decent or favorable culture, mm-hmm. some of the hard decisions that had to be made in this space really did affect culture. And even though, you know, some folks are trying to right side and they're trying to get back to quote unquote normal Folks are really having a hard time kind of getting that synergy back up because the culture is fundamentally different forever. It's not going to just go back because so many of those people are gone. You have so many of those memories. There's been so much loss, so much tension. So it's just been too much. It's just not going to go back. So what do you do about that? If you know that's a part of collateral damage, do you formulate that in your plan? Yeah, I mean, you think about this pandemic and all the decisions, you know, Mm. here with the the Dallas YMCA. I mean, you could just whatever organization name the organization. We all been hit impacted in this in this major way. And there's collateral damage that comes along with that. I mean, so many frontline staff, you know, are no longer with us. Yeah, that's that talent. Yes. So many uh, full time staff and key positions, you know, are not there. And so now Mm -hmm. we we notice these gaps even more because an individual handled, you know, this, you know, for us and maybe like risk management, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that bucket, like, all right, who handles that? You know, we had a person that we went to, and so, um, you know, we got to be able to rebound from that right there. Yeah. You know, one of the key things that uh, I get the opportunity to lead for us is that uh, we we always want to develop our talent here to Dallas Y, and one of the programs that we had before the pandemic and and that we've started back up is called Advancing Your Leadership Potential, uh, AYLP. I it love AYLP. It's yeah, a great program. To where we have identified leaders in our organizations to, you know, make sure that our bench is deep enough. Yes. So when we do have a position to come available, we have talent that's already there. And so when we talk about this whole collateral damage part is that if you're always developing your bench, mm-hmm. like you can be able to, you know, mm-hmm. plug in um, these different spaces. Yes, tough decisions are going to be made. Mm-hmm. And some of that may lead to um, individual, you know, maybe losing a job. But, you know, also just, you know, 
a tough decisions being made about how we run our programs but we need talent to be able to fill in those blanks and say that hey we had to make this tough decision we still got to run our organization Mm -hmm. now i need some leaders to step up and this ayLP uh program that i get to lead this year uh with some phenomenal talent yeah i got man i tell you what did you just like load the team with what I feel like this team is stacked. I if, know if I a need, couple of people in there. I'm yeah, I'm gonna have to man, I got some winners in there. I got Jenny Federici up in there. Shout I got out Jenny. Jenny Morrison up in there. Oh, Jenny Morrison. And I got Miss Lachey up <gasps> in there. You know, Miss Lachey. For you all who don't know, the reason that this podcast sounds so great is because of, uh, Lachey uh, Leonard. Yes, she Lachey. Does an incredible job. But we got we got a talent pool that's in there that is really off the nice, chain right there. Nice. And so one of the other collateral damage, right? You lose talent. Like when you have to sweep away whole sections of an organization who haven't even come into fruition, you lose talent. But when you have strategies like AYLP, you kind of mitigate that some. And so the other thing that you lose as collateral damage sometimes when you have to make these necessary or hopefully necessary, hopefully it wasn't unnecessary, right? Right. Necessary decisions is an alignment in priorities. Mm -hmm. So when you have to make decisions and and shift organizations or stop doing something or start doing something that wasn't in your original plan, then people start to feel frazzled and they're all over the place, right? right. And you you start to get this alignment in your pride, this misalignment in your priorities that happens. And it is really hard for people to get back on course. And it is it is it is sometimes difficult for agencies and organizations to kind of take a pause find that guide star and and go back right and for nonprofits that can be exceptionally um, dangerous because it could cause something we call mission creep so you know what mission creep is Ah, talk to me about mission creep so mission creep is when you had to make some decisions or something happened that fundamentally shifted your organization whether it was finances whether it was a loss of talent whether it was a major shift in thought leadership or vision and because of that you got all out of whack it was some collateral damage that happened you got all out of whack and so now you're grabbing at straws and before you know it you start doing things that that's not really what your organization was set up to do. So it could be like an organization that was formed to really talk about childhood obesity and because of all these shifts and misalignment and collateral damage, now they find themselves doing stuff with um, animals, like, you know, homelessness. How did you get there? But they were chasing money. They were chasing validity. They got a talent pool in there that wasn't really quite. And so mission creep happens, unfortunately, a lot for nonprofits when they begin to chase stuff Mm -hmm. and they don't have that guide star, that strategic plan, that imperative that kind of holds them true to whatever their mission was. But that can be a function of your alignment being out of priority because of collateral damage. Yeah, and so as a leader, though, if you, um, are not taking steps to become that better leader. Yeah. Um, especially if you got all these blind spots, um, you know, that are happening. Mm. People maybe have shared that with you. I mean, there's some things that you can do as a leader to correct that. Okay. You know, one of those things is that um, 360. Um, Ooh. Those things, man. They tell, make me so uh, nervous. I people, don't. People uh. have the opportunity to tell the truth to you. Oh. Um, and you can de- try to deny you it all you want. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> 
And you know, and but so here's the thing. Most people be like, oh, I would love to do a 360. I relish the feedback. I welcome the feedback. But truth be told, in your quiet time, in your private space, you were like, oh, I don't want to see what's on this 360. Right, right. Because it, it, it tells you the truth. I mean, it, but it as a you, you know, as an organization, that's you know, that's a tool that's that's helpful there to get again to develop your leaders yeah. in this AYLP program. We had all the uh, individuals in that class to be yeah. able to take that. Yeah. Another thing is that especially when you're dealing with maybe your executive directors, your VP and up, you know, as an executive coach, you know. Oh, that's excellent. You know, executive coach, you know, if you if you haven't had one, I've had a couple in my in my time. You need a couple? Uh, yeah, I needed a couple. Uh, not just one? No, I you mean, a, I mean, it's, it's like, it, yeah. I Did mean, because it, it, you, <laughs> you get to places in your in your career where you need to try to get over this hump, an executive coach can ah, really help bring you bring you out of that. Gotcha. You know, and it's helped guide you in, in, the, in the right direction, okay. you know. So, you know, and people say, you know, if you want, if you wanted to work, it, it truly can, but you got to be able to go out there, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, be able, and be able to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I would highly recommend uh, getting an executive coach uh, if you're in that position to be able to uh, to do that. Nice. And so it sounds like, right, it, it, the whole sweet spot of really understanding collateral damage or mitigating collateral damage is understanding what it what what you need to do or be or develop personally and understanding the different ways that collateral damage could affect the organizations that you're providing leadership to you know things like your alignment being out of priority and and um your alignments are not in priority i mean your priorities are not in alignment and and there's you know you lose this talent Mm -hmm. but one of the things too is that as a leader i think there's an overlap in both as a leader you have to get some kind of personal level of comfort with ambiguity and you got to help your organization have that same appetite right Mm -hmm. and so that's Mm -hmm. not saying that we're always flying by the seat of our pants right Right. like we're going to build this plant while i'm flying it which by the way i find very intriguing and that's very exciting for me but most people are like ah we need a plan i'm like that Let's see what happens when we get there. Right? You know, that's frowned upon uh, most of the time. But, but. Well, I feel sorry for the passengers on your plane yeah, it's, sometimes. It's frowned upon. Like, I thought we were landing in New York. Why are we in Miami? I, I felt a little different along the ride. So, but, but the reality is, and I think that this pandemic really has shown that to us, and quite frankly, it probably really has exposed that weak spot in some leaders, is that. Everything is not going to be known, known, known. Like there are always going to be unknowns. There is always going to be some level of ambiguity. And you as a leader have to 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 feel like you're skilled enough to move through it. And you got to help your folks feel that way, too, and give them some tools to help move through that. Because, see, as a poor leader, mm-hmm. you can cost your organization with your, your bad decisions. Mm, and, money, not just right. the intangible. And so here's a research. A research found that a single poor leaders cost to a company is a hundred and twenty six thousand dollars US dollars US dollars and that's a that's a good that's a that's a good little salary well so here's the thing what if you have multiplicable let's pull that word out but that that means a lot of different leaders in the organization making decisions for for whatever areas that they are responsible for, right? And 
unfortunately, maybe making some poor decisions. You mean each one of those leaders simultaneously is costing, could potentially be costing a company $126. And the hope is that we don't get to a place that you have multiple leaders like that that can make mm. you know decisions like that. That would have that so, kind of an impact. Exactly. Mm. And so, because to go back to what you talked about earlier, it's about culture. Because yeah. if you are yeah. seeing multiple leaders yeah. um, like that, then your culture is going to be jacked across the board. Mm. And so, you got to, as whoever's that CEO, COO is going to have to get that in shape. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, with all that is going on, you know, I, you know, cultures are shifting across the board. Yeah, it and, is. Um, you know, I will say for, for ours, uh, I've loved the way that YMCA uh, Metropolitan Dallas has come together right now in the direction that we're headed. I mm-hmm. mean, it just seems like good synergy. There's some things I think we've um, decisions that we've made to make sure from town hall meetings yeah. to the recognition breakfast, yeah. you know, trying to make those fun and engaging uh, even though those have been virtual now that we're moving out of this, going to some hybrid models to be able to bring people back together I mean, you know, all of that is you, you got to be able to set your culture right so that those collateral, um, that collateral damage, you know, yeah. can be minimized across the board. And, you know, even in terms of how we're interfacing with the community, we definitely had to pivot and shift. And, and the feedback that we're getting so far is is that people are really excited and glad to see the YMCA in these spaces because we haven't been in so long, right? So talk about collateral damage in an effort to really fortify and shape up the quote-unquote membership model, Mm -hmm. right, of our business and use that as the best practice or, you know, this is is the, the preferred method of doing business. We moved away from some of those other things that really endear us to the community that really help people understand that we're a nonprofit that really gave us voice and credibility in spaces around social justice and and children's health and all these other things. And I'm sure that wasn't our intent. We were just trying to fortify this membership model because we saw it could be lucrative and we wanted to get that money so that we could do some of the other things in the community, but we just, we didn't quite do the other things in the community, but we've pivoted now and we're really doing those things. And it really, um, it is endearing us with our communities in a much different way that I think staff and communities are finding really for refreshing. It it seems like we're really getting back in alignment with what our mission is. Well, that's uh, what it's all about. Yeah, uh, it's, our, it's our mission. Yeah. And um, with that, um, I want to make sure you guys, you know, I hope you took in uh, the collateral damage. You know, yeah. think about decisions that you're making as as leaders out here. Um, and thank you guys for listening to Cosmetic. Well, we are tackling topics and telling the truth. Hey, subscribe and listen to us weekly. And don't be shy. Give us a review and tell us what you do to mitigate collateral damage in your decision making. And as always, be dynamic, be phenomenal, be cosmetic. <laughs>